welcome to We Only Talk Hockey. I'm Mike. Joining me as always is my buddy Shane. And we have a lot to talk about. It's the second round starting slash in progress. And I think let's start with the uh, first round finally concluding with the last series to conclude. And it really just has that one talking point that's really all in our heads. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Habs, the Canadians pulling off the 3-1 upset, coming back and winning all three games. And like, there's just, there's so much to unpack here with this series. And I think the first thing is how bad do you think this loss is? Like, where does this rank among Maple Leafs collapses, losses? This, I, this is really, for me, I'm going to say this is really high on the list, not just because it isn't Boston, not just because it isn't like a team that has a five game series. This is seven games against the team that they, we, we actually, a week ago, I think when we recorded, we both counted the Canadians out. We thought they were out and they outmatched them across the board. They had a better roster. And this is the team that I think people believed was going to compete for the cup. A lot of, there were a lot of people didn't pick them. Like, I mean, I didn't pick them to win the cup. I picked them to at least advance, but I mean, I actually, I picked them to advance once they built the three, one lead. I picked them to advance after that. I was, yeah. I mean, before that I was like, yeah, I don't know. But so, the, big, the big thing is where do you think this ranks? Because I have this really high on the list of bad law, bad series defeats. Honestly, for me, this is number one. Um, and, and no, it's not because they're one seed and Montreal's a four seed and, and it's not Boston who they're playing. I agree with you on that point. Granted, I think that's a factor. I think the fact that it's not Boston and it was a four seed is a factor. I think the biggest thing is because of the way this season was scheduled, the way this season worked where you played teams eight times. And I think the North division played played each other 10 times. Yeah. Um, I don't know the exact series split they had during the regular season, but I know it went Maple Leafs way. I'm almost certain and I think they won like seven or or eight of those games. Yeah, against like they've they've really they controlled the regular season. I believe against every team in their on their schedule, they had a winning record against. Uh, they had a winning record, I think, against every team on their schedule. But uh, it was yeah that they should know that you bring up a good point. They should have known their opponent pretty well. As a matter of fact, very well, considering how how often they played each other. And I think that should have that should have um, significantly favored Toronto so, in yeah. this series. So yeah, it was a seven three. Toronto, uh, the Maple mm-hmm. Leafs won the season series seven to three, and yeah. no, that's a big thing. They played them over and over again, and they beat them. And oftentimes, it was not close when they won. Yeah. And it kind of looking at it, it kind of mimics the playoffs when they won. It was lopsided, but when they lost, it was two to one which in my head tells me Carey Price outplayed his team, you, you know, because... I mean, that's the first thing to think about is is if you're going to say that Toronto didn't blow this, is that Carey Price won this series, which he yeah. did. I mean, yeah. he played phenomenally. Yeah, it was, because, it's hard to deny that. Yeah, because, like, they don't score many more goals in the games they won against Toronto than the ones they lose in. They just allow fewer goals. You could say it's partially the defense playing better certain nights yeah. than others, but I think Carrie, we can agree. Carey Price had a massive role in that part, and he just yeah. those last three games played phenomenally. 
I mean, game seven was just a showcase for Carey Price, almost his career where he, it was, it was one goal allowed at the end of the game, saved 31 shots and only that one goal allowed late. And it was just a, an incredible performance. The defense also played well, but I mean, focusing on Toronto a bit, this is a team that their top line had two goals in the entire series in Marner Matthews and Zach Hyman, and both goals came and Marner was scoreless in this entire series. This, this loss feels different considering they have the top line. They, they, their top line this season was arguably one of the best in the NHL and their scoring depth was there this year. They had, they brought in Joe Thornton. They brought in Jason Spezza. They brought in, they, at the deadline, they were active bringing in players. So this felt like they're, this is like, this has to be, I mean, it's not, you can't say it's a wake up call, but what can you call, what can you label this? Cause it just, it's, it's heartbreaking, but part of it to me, at least I see is typical. Um, in their failings, I saw some of the things I saw before. And as you mentioned, the top line did not score. Yeah. Um, I think we both agreed on this going in that we felt, at least I know I did. This was my, this is why I originally had a different team to make it out of this division. But because I didn't think the, the Toronto's top line could stand up to the defenses in their divisional playoffs over a stretched series and and so like and as i mentioned once you take matthews out of the equation that top line becomes significantly more meandered and whatever and so i felt like their defense did a very good job of doing what teams what boston had done to them for years clog up uh matthews and the rest will follow they had this series in hand more so this year than I think in the Boston years where it was back and forths because they did have that. The Canadians had the series in hand. No. So Toronto had the series in hand up until at till three, one, which they Mm -hmm. usually didn't do against Boston. And I think a major part of that is they did have the depth scoring now, but depth scoring doesn't come up in every game. And when your depth storing doesn't come up and you're playing a goalie that's playing great, it's easier for him to stop against depth scoring as opposed to a top line that's playing great. And so I really think that's where it failed. The top line couldn't function. And when the depth scoring faltered a little bit, it was easier pickings for Carey Price. I think, I mean, there's so many ways that this kind of unraveled for them and, and really just kind of cap it off is I think aside from the top line falling, you don't need a good top line to carry you in a cup team, but it certainly helps and it makes the job easier for the rest of the unit. I think we're seeing that in some of the other series that we're going to dive into where the you don't top need line, them, you don't need a top line to carry, but you need a top line that has production. Well, at least eases the pressure off, which we saw none of that. There's, there's just so many things that went wrong, whatever could go wrong did. And then to cap it off, carry price the the defensive pairings for the canadians did a good job of getting into passing lanes getting uh continuing to crowd matthews uh and they they did a good job of all those things so we're going to credit montreal for that but and then to top it off is yeah the back end of the couldn't really find couldn't find couldn't find scoring and they didn't have that presence from the point either it just the entire thing unraveled resulting in Carey Price, who is that good goalie, to put the 
Canadians over the top in those last three games to win those games. Uh, so I guess shifting a little bit to the Canadians uh, who will now play the Jets. And I kind of, you kind of look at these two teams, you kind of see like two complete contrasts. The Jets kind of, they swept the Oilers. We, we were both shocked by that. And they're well-rested. They're going to play an exhaust, you would say exhausted, but kind of a team that's played a seven-game series and a very hard-fought series. So two complete contrasts in that in that regard. Uh, I mean, aside from that, I guess that you could say that favors the Jets. Do you think, though, the Canadians proved, I mean, based on the previous series, they kind of proved that they can pull another episode. They can beat any team on their schedule. I, what is your impression entering this series based on like so, what we've recently seen? So entering the series, <clears throat> excuse me, it's hard for me because going into the play- playoffs, we had both talked about some of the same issues for both these teams. We talked about a lack of scoring that both teams had struggled with. It appeared as if the Jets found that they scored um, they scored four goals, I believe, four goals in every game against uh, the Oilers. Yeah, except for Game Two, they scored four four or more goals in every game. That's good. Yeah, if you've got a good goalie scoring four goals in a game, you you're expecting to be winning. Um, and honestly, I love how Carey Price has played. Um. I just don't know if I trust their offense enough because especially with Ehlers back for the Jets, I think their scoring potential is even higher. Um, and that that sweep proved to us that the end stretch of the season was essentially them pulling off the pedal. Um, I, I yeah. don't see we can see it any other way than that. Well, and I mean, so- we, did talk, we did talk about how Nikolai Ehlers was out for that stretch. And yeah. how valuable a scorer like Ehlers is. It's and not they just, had already clinched. So, yeah. So I think a part of it was just, it okay. Twofold, I think. Yeah. I think it was part of it was, okay, we don't want to sustain any more injuries. So we're going to play a little more lax. We're clinched. Yeah. We're whatever. And they came in and they blew the doors off of the Oilers and, in game one, close overtime game in game two and close games, the rest of them, but they still outscored a team that i thought was one of the best scoring teams in the league this year yeah um, i mean they outplayed the, even even if you would make the argument they're close games they outplayed the oilers in you you could say three of the four if not all four of those games and it, it's kind of it's kind of like we're starting to see like oh this is what the jets um should look uh, this is their potential what this the, is yeah their, this is what uh, we were talking about weeks ago yeah. before their end of season and so i think the way the teams match up um, because I actually think they're similar in aspects mm-hmm. of they're more based on overall scoring and not flash scoring, like the depth and whatever, and getting scoring where you can outside of maybe Nikolai Ehlers, um, that you know, and maybe Zach Parise. But like, so I just think that it's that they play a similar game. And so I believe that the scoring potential is just higher with, uh, with Winnipeg. And I don't know which goalie I'd give the edge because I believe it's Hell you Buck for, for the Jets yeah. has, has been playing great as well. So I don't know who I could, who I would give that edge to. So I'm going to give it the edge to the Jets based on scoring potential. 
So it's interesting. So yeah, I I'm gonna favor the Jets slightly. I think th- you mentioned the similarities, and I kind of I kind of think back to the similarities in the series with Carey Price, Connor Hellenock, and I think if you if you were to pick Carey Price, which is uh. Is he that? Is he significantly outfate outmatching Connor Hellebuck in this series? I can't say so. I don't think so either. Yeah. And then moving on, you talked about finding goals where there are not. The Montreal Montreal's defense is probably better overall, but both teams. I think this is what's interesting about both teams. When you mentioned lack of scoring, they can find goals from the point, which is a valuable asset in Stanley cup playoffs. And both teams have that what Montreal, Jeff Petrie, Shea Weber can get a good shot from the point. That's that that's where they find that value with the, with the Winnipeg jets. You have Neil Pionk who has been very good from the point this season. Yeah. Yeah. And whether it be Forbert, Josh Morrissey, Logan Sand, they have the players from the point who can get those shots and can, can make those plays. Added on with the Winnipeg Jets is that they have that offense, which is kind of where kind of where you you pick the series. The I mean, the only thing that the only reason I'd be hesitant in this series, because last with with the Canadians and the Maple Leafs, the reason I was I, I was saying Canadians could pull this upset is Carey Price versus Jack Campbell. This series, it's Canadians young scoring on the back end, which I think we saw in the uh, Maple Leaf series with uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't can't pronounce his. I don't, I don't remember his name full. Uh, oh, uh, Cottoniemi, I believe it. Yeah, Cottoniemi, uh, and uh, you have Joel Armia, and you ha- have uh, what's his name? Uh, Ar- they they Ar- have Armia and Kotkaniemi. Cofield. Yeah. Like that law and Nick Suzuki also. When you add Suzuki, those in. Yeah. So I'm a little hesitant because young scoring in the in Stanley Cup playoffs historically doesn't, doesn't hold care. up. Doesn't yeah, hold it doesn't up. hold up. It can but get it you can, a game here or there, but it's not but it, gonna hold. It can provide energy where usually teams are tired and defenses tire you out that's a line that can provide energy where there is not i'm going to lean towards the jets uh in a uh, jets in six or jets in uh seven just it's going to be a tougher series but ultimately yeah the jets are going to find that scoring in in the back end they're going to find scoring from the point the canadians aren't going to going to necessarily rush push rushes the the other way they're not necessarily going to play a speed game yeah uh, so offensively but they I, are they're gonna like basically they're gonna slow try to have the game slowed down a bit but it's going to ultimately catch up to them i think yeah so i think i personally i agree i think six maybe seven i think it'll be a tight ish series um i think both defenses are well-rounded and good i don't yeah. really think either are outstanding um but I'm not gonna like I like you both said both goaltendings go both goalies make up for that. Yeah, basically. but I'm not gonna trust. I can't trust Young. Um, it it happens they could pull it off and whatever, but it's hard for me to trust Young. Um, the Young scoring, you're the saying. Young scoring, Young whatever. While you have more veterans on the jets. You've got Wheeler. You have, even though he's not that old Ehlers, you've got, you have people who've been to the playoffs before you have whatever. And so I just, I trust them more 
but I do think it's going to be a relatively close series because they have similar play styles and neither team is really a flashy scoring team. They get their goals hard earned. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I I agree. I think the only difference you'd say is the offense of the jets also does play a bit faster, has more puck movement to it, which I, I think is a little bit of an extra dimension, but they both, uh, they're both very similar teams. And I think that's going to equally long dragged out series. I think, I, I think you kind of would agree with that, I guess. Yeah. So um, I think moving on to the Bruins and Islanders or let's, let's start with the Canes. And yeah. The, the Canes and lightning just concluded their yeah. second game today. And so, it was both two, both the games were two, one. So kind so, of interesting. Yeah. So it's two Oh, it's a two Oh series. And those were both games in, in Carolina and I don't think that can be understated um but even more so you've got you know um goaltending has been very good for the lightning lightning throughout this series and back to the last series they were able to hold on and whatever with their goaltending and the scoring just has seemed and this I wouldn't attribute to Vasilevsky and his goaltending this I'll attribute to they've just it looks more like Tampa's defense, maybe, or just Carolina looking lackluster. Um, their I, movement, I actually, their I movement, in, their movement in flow. I'm not saying Vasilevsky hasn't play, been playing very well, but like mm-hmm. this last game uh, tonight, um, I also think is on the back of the goaltending for Carolina because um, he faced 14 shots or what was it, 13 shots all game. It was a very poor performance they it was no so um no that's what i'm saying the light the lightning only got like 13 shots um in in the game lightning offense got 13 shots on net yeah and he let up two and so i think and he's a young goaltender nadelkovic is a very young goaltender 25 yeah yeah so you'll see you'll see games like that um i just so, so I think part of it's that, but part of it is their offense. Their offense is very much a movement offense, very much a crisp, quick, moving the puck, never holding it kind of thing. And they just have looked like they've held on the puck too long. Their passes seem to have been be off a little bit. And Tampa's defense has been doing very well with that. So I, I kind of, I agree. It's, it's a crucial. I, I think the interesting thing to point out when you look at Carolina's offense is Carolina is great at is great uh offensively yeah we we have the depth one of the things that they've established especially in the predator series is great cross ice passing and great puck movement overall i think the lightning particularly there this is where the lightning defense stands out and particularly this is when victor hedman kind of like you start to make him mikhail sergachev uh chernak i think was out one of the uh he was out for game one but he came back for game two uh and david savard was out for game two he was there for game one but basically this is where you start to see the, the lightning defense pull at full display uh they were getting into passing lanes they were constantly creating turnovers and when players like uh sebastian Ajo or jordan stall kind of wanted to wrap around and create those plays around the net that's when the lightning would 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 tur- create those turnovers getting those hits i think this series before I, before the series started, I was thinking in my head, 
this series is going to come down to which team has better puck movement, which team gets more effective passing. And so the, far, it's been the lightning. It's the hurricanes have been completely eliminated and have failed to establish that. I think this ser- they're going to ha- they're going to be only be able to turn around this series if they can get they they can't force those cross ice passes anymore, especially against the lightning defense who, who can See, intercept this. I di- I disagree. Um, and I mean, I, not because I, I think it's working. It's definitely not working, but part of that is the free flowing open movement of the puck is that team's identity. And I think trying, and people say this all the time, Oh, it's not working. Got to change it up, make small changes, but trying to change the entire way a team plays no, offense would, is not. I wouldn't a, say that. I would say more, you need to bring the puck back to the point to spread out the offense. They need to get those the puck move. They need it. They can't cross ice against that Tampa D they've got to get those passes either either around the boards or they need to send it back to the point where Dougie Hamilton or Jacob Slavin can pass it uh, around, around, yes, around yeah. Tampa's D that's why I, I think I, I disagree. First of all, just because I don't think that's a strategy that's going to work against Tampa uh, with Vasilevsky and net. Um, it gives too much time. The whole reason they score well is because those cross size passes give goaltenders, especially tall and long goaltenders those x they get those extra seconds and i think rather than abandoning the cross ice pass they need to be more mobile um player movement wise and don't be structured as much and be a little more mobile so that you can get the defense moving a little bit and but it's not even that some of these passes have been sloppy because no matter what there's still only five uh um, lightning sticks on the ice there are openings cross yeah. ice and that is their play style and normally they have some of the best passers in the game on their team and they some of these things they're like you've got three feet from one guy's stick to the back of another guy's heel and you've got two feet in between the stick and his foot and they're just hitting sticks um, some of it. And so I think they need to have a little more movement between the forwards and the defense, get a little more rotation going because you tend to scramble defenses when you do that a little bit and it creates more openings, but I don't think they should abandon the cross ice pass, especially against a goalie like Vasilevsky. Well, I mean, the big thing is they have to keep establishing that keeping Tampa honest, but they're to put them over the top in this series to really make that difference. They're going to need to, I mean, on the odd man rushes, they're going to have to have those cross ice. That's that's where they're that's where they're most effective. But in if they have the puck in the offensive zone, I think Tampa's also credit to Tampa is they've slowed. They've been able to not slow the game down per se, but they've been able to limit the Hurricanes off the odd man rush and force them to win in the offensive zone. And I think when you're in that in that offensive zone where they are, you can't, they're trying to force a lot of pucks into five. Tampa kind of congests the defense. You kind of saw that at the end of the uh, game, game two, where they congest their defense in front of the net. And they basically say, we'll dare you to shoot from the point. We'll dare you to take those shots from the, uh, from along the boards, the uh, not the uh, boards behind, behind the net, but the boards uh, in on the ends of the ice. And they'll say, we're going to dare you to shoot those, pucks just because we know you can't get the pucks in into like a virtual box if you will and i mean it's a hard adjustment but they're going to have to open they're going to have to open up tampa's defense somehow and i think part of that is getting the puck to the point where you can get more open passes but 
um, it, it, other than that, I just I don't I don't know where so where they win this series. Where they so they should have won tonight. Um, uh, I'm gonna put it out. They they should have won tonight. Um, I think they, both games were very winnable games oh no so no what i what i mean i mean this game especially they outshot tampa by almost 20 shots yeah they had 13 they the goalie faced 13 shots for carolina he should not be letting up two goals um yeah and so it's kind of on your point uh sorry sorry for this it's on your point that Tampa hasn't been good offensively. This is this is really in favors them immensely. That they they aren't getting Tampa's full force offensively, and they're still within striking distance. So I don't know. So I think Carolina's defense has played played really really well tonight. Um, game one, it was thirty eight shots to thirty. It was it was yeah. what it was a very high shot affair, but tonight was it was like thirty shots to thirteen, and I think. First of all, I don't think that's going to hold up. Um, I, I don't see that holding up. I don't see Vasilevsky holding up to that pressure without giving up a goal here or there. But I also think um, I kind of disagree with the way you said. I think the way that you've seen goal teams beat Vasilevsky in the past has been with those cross size passes that you don't give him the time to get there, some of those breakaways or whatever. But I think the biggest thing is in close he's not great in close if i were to pick him up if i was whatever from where the shot areas are those bouncing chipping pucks those close passes into the front of the net so i think one thing you might think about is because they tampa uh carolina plays with an odd formation where they often have one guy behind the net or in behind the net or lateral to the net um even when not on a power play you often see teams do that on a power play but and so I think don't abandon that, but I think you want to see a little more often that guy coming to the front of the net so that yeah. when you're getting shots on, there are more chances for rebounds and there are more chances. Also. Yeah. Redirections and rebounds and Vasilevsky. And I think part of this is his size. Um, it makes it much harder to stop those in tight shots because you have a lot less time to react. And honestly, the split seconds is what matters. And he's got more ice. He's got a longer way down to the ice. Um, and so I think that's part of it. And I think that's why you've seen teams take advantage when they can, is they get those dirty goals in front of the net. And I think if they just start rotating that guy from the back of the net around the net a little more, um, you will see more pucks get in. Um, but we'll see what they do in game three. Yeah. I mean, it's really going to be an, an adjustment for them, I think, uh, overall. And, 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 I mean, they're going to have to look at the film again and see, to see how, how, see those, see those types of things. I think also, likewise, you mentioned the power play. I think get the power play is when they can kind of open up Tampa's defense to get those cross ice passes. We'll have to see. They haven't really had, I don't even know. I don't, did they have a lot of, they haven't had many power plays in the last game to take advantage of. Uh, so in, in game two uh, power plays, both teams were 0 for two. And in game one, um, in game one, Carolina was one for five on their power play and Tampa was one for three. So, I mean, yeah, the one for five, that the one time they got the power that, their one goal basically in this in in that well in one that, of their two goals came off the power play. It's 
I mean, that's where they kind of take advantage. It's just a matter of Tampa giving that up or not. I guess I'm really, what I'm thinking is where do you, how do you see this series playing out uh, moving forward? Because I, I didn't think Tampa, I picked Tampa to advance. I didn't think they'd be up to nothing. That's for sure. I thought Carolina at home would, would take at least one game, especially in front of that home crowd, which looked like a real advantage in this series. They, they have not, they're down 0-2. They're in deep trouble. I, I didn't think the Lightning would I didn't think the Lightning would take a 2-0 advantage, but I think I think now that they have the 2-0 lead, they can kind of take one. They all they, they really need is one at home, and then they can kind of take it from there just when they really the pressure's much lighter. I think I see them winning the series in six, just because I think the Hurricanes are gonna fight their way back and not tie the series, but at least win another two games. How do you see this series playing out, I guess, like I should say, like, so, so why after here's, here's my, yeah, I'm going to give you how and the why for me. Um, yeah. So it, it, it boils down to a couple things. I don't see Carolina not scoring more than one goal. I, I don't, I don't see that continuing. Um, and so I think, and you know, the, the Carolina goalie had his one bad game, you know, he had the one bad game in the Florida series He's a young goaltender. You can expect it. His first game, they lost, but he wasn't bad. He stopped 28 out of 30 shots. Um, so, and one of them was a power play goal. So I think, I think that will be a factor. I think they will score more than once a game. I, I don't, you know, and the other factor is you see this happen to teams. You get up 2-0, if you lose game three, things can turn fast. Um, and so that's really where it comes down to for me is game three. If Carolina wins game three, I still pick Carolina to win this series. And at this point, though, I would probably say seven. Um, but if Tampa goes up 3-0, then it's a every single game Carolina is fighting for their life. It's exhausting. It's a mental toll. It's whatever. I, I see it going five, five games, you know, Tampa's way. So it, it comes down to this game because I think if they pull off that game three, they're like, okay, we're only down one game and they've still got two to win. And so it gives them a little more peace of mind, Carolina. And I think you see a lot of times away teams that take those first two games and then lose game three, they come out in game four looking worse. Um, and so I think this series could very well be 2-2 at the end uh, by the time it comes back to Carolina. And that's why I say I think it could go seven. So Carolina's I'm way. I'm, yeah, I've mentioned Tampa. Six. I think for starters, they're kind of looking at the next two games as we just need one of these wins at home, which I think is very Who, you mean Tampa? Tampa just needs one of these wins, uh, the next two games. Yeah. If they, I, if I they win game it's... four, if they win game, look at, they, they lost. It's very interesting you mentioned that losing game three because they lost game three to Florida and that looked like the game that could have swung the momentum. Then they just took game four and then they had the 3 1 lead and then they just said, we just need one more win and they won game six. Yeah. I, I find it interesting that, I mean, looking at this game, this, there's a lot going wrong for Carolina right now that, sh that, you wouldn't expect, especially watching the regular season, watching them yeah. play. 
so, so I think no, but like on your point, if they lose game four, I do think it's harder for them to pull it off. But what my what I'm saying is if Carolina wins game three, I think they win game four. So that's why to me this game three is crucial because I think if Tampa wins game if Tampa leaves Carolina three one, I see Tampa winning it, but I don't see that happening because I don't see what's going on continuing and Carolina not winning game three. And once they win game three, I think first of all, they'll feel better and play better game four. And I also think Tampa has a chance at playing worse in game four. And so I think um, that's the thing is I think it's this game three is crucial because if Carolina wins it, I think they're like, okay, we can do this. We're not, they're not just so much better than us that they shut us out completely. And I think that will take a weight off their chest almost and be like, we can play a little more free flowy um, like they like to. And so that's where it comes down to for me is this game three, because I don't see Tampa winning game four if they lost game three. I kind of is what's interesting is I think for starters this the next two games are going to be much more high scoring. I think we're going to see a high scoring game with six five or a six to four type of game in the next few games. But what what's really interesting is as much as like I'd like to think that Carolina just is a lot is going wrong where it could be they, they could be clicking. Part of what I'm looking at in this series is is a Tampa team that aside from matching up well against the hurricanes which they have is there's a lot of pieces there that that they're taking advantage of uh i mean whether you want to say getting kucherov back is just putting that putting that offense over the top in the in the panthers series on the i think they scored like six power play goals or something or even more they had they were very they were incredibly effective on the power play uh which they haven't been, which is and the other surprising part on that note is how Kucherov has been very quiet in this series so far has not uh, really generated much of that offense that he had. He's, he's known for doing. I, in this series, the way, the way I see it playing out is you're going to see, I mean, it's going to still come down to which team was the puck better, which team gets better puck movement. You see a Tampa team that is getting into those passing lines and until the Hurricanes either break through that or adapt to that, the Lightning are just going to keep playing what they doing what they do on defense. And then Basilevsky, who's playing well, just doesn't need to make those uh, um, all the more difficult saves. That's the defensive part. Offensively, I think the what, what helps, aside for the top line being there and clicking, which hasn't really done yet, but like, you're you're expecting at some point to improve or See, the the way they are but that's the thing the both offense. teams offensive has both teams offenses hasn't been playing great yeah so you can't say oh you expect Nikutrov and whatever to not be quiet you can say the same thing about aho and svechnikov and whatever yeah, and I, so think, I, think I think that both kind of offense will step up but particularly how they fit how they've struggled in this series where I think I think it's interesting because I think the Hurricanes what they've done well is they've kind of they've they've attacked Kucherov at the blue line and said we're not going to let you bring the puck in into the offensive zone and once once he's in the zone they just constantly are daring him to 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 like basically yeah. uh to not pass it but like 
say, say we're not letting you beat us. We're going to let someone else beat you. So, and and that, that's kind of what's kind of interesting is I think what's what ultimately this series leads to is it leads to then you fought, you're finding whether it be Steven Stamkos or Victor Hedman uh, being the ones that Tampa is going to turn to in this series, so, not necessarily Kucherov. Or so Kucherov I think, D-play. I think you're putting more emphasis on what Tampa's defense is doing and not on what Carolina's is doing. And I think it's the opposite. Um, I think Carolina's defense is playing leagues and bounds better than Tampa's is um, both in, especially tonight's game, but in general, the way they've been playing is even, even with Tampa limiting some of those cross ice passes, the quality of shot chances has been better for them um, overall and the number of it. And that's just, the number eventually you're going to get a bounce. And I think just occasionally having a guy in front of the net will help them get that bounce. And I do think they'll make that adjustment because you've seen it times throughout this season, then make that adjustment. Um, And so I I guess that is, then that does lead to the final factor, which is Vasilevsky versus Nadelkovich, which, I mean, do you really, I mean, I guess this is where the part is questioning is, do you trust the Nadelkovich? No, but I trust can continue that run. No, but I trust, I trust Carolina's defense more than I trust Tampa's and I trust. And from what I've seen so far, even with what you're saying of the limiting of some of those cross size passes, their offense still has been getting shots and Tampa's hasn't as much. Um, Even in the first game though, it was closer, but still they have been limited more so than, than Carolina has been in those shots. And I, so, so I think, shot volume um will account for some of those those gaps in in, in between the goaltending it's gonna you're saying it's gonna even out i mean it's gonna i think it's gonna even up just not as not as as drastically as as you would expect whereas i think right now yeah carolina's out shooting them i don't think and i think they're gonna continue for one or two more games i don't i don't see and that's also part of it is, is I don't, is it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how these teams adjust to their basically both, both offenses being eliminated because what I said to entering the series is that whoever establishes better puck movement is going to win the series. I didn't say this on, uh, in our recording. I just said this like in my head, like, okay, whichever team gets that. And it's going to, and then continuing moving forward, it's going to be determined by that, which team adjusts to, to figure that out. And I mean, it's, it's hard. It's, it's interesting. Cause like one of the things I've been thinking about is the perception that Tampa's a top heavy team, which like they have those pieces on the top line and they have those pieces on the top pairing defensively, but then you, it's interesting. You add in the back, the back end has played really well this season. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know which team evens out more. So, but like, so, and and this Tampa is my thing. You're you're saying both teams have been eliminating the other team's offense, and I yeah. really don't. And I don't agree with that. I think that's where we're having that misconnect. I don't see Tampa's defense overall having eliminated Carolina's offense. I see them. I see pucks not bouncing their way. I see whatever and so Vasilevsky playing better I mean maybe but I think it's I think it's more of you know you're gonna get that bounce and while I do see Carolina's defense 
heavily limiting um, Tampa's offense. Part of part of what you had, where you had so many of those shot chances in that first game for for Tampa, were on that on those power plays. Uh, I think I don't remember the exact number, but a good portion of their shots in Game One came on that power play. On five on five, Carolina's defense has been stopping um, Tampa's offense, while I think Tampa's defense has been more limiting. Um, Carolina's uh, offense, and that's where I see it going. Carolina's way is like because if, that, if it continues that way, yeah. Because I think if the defenses continue the way they're going now, Carolina will get their breaks. Well, I think it'll be much harder for Tampa to get theirs. Well, I mean, also, I mean, a little conversely, is that a puck is one of those bounces on net or one of those tough shots on net. It's you feel more confident in Vasilevsky making those stops than you do in Nedeljkovic. I think as much as I like to say that the first in the game one, the first, the second goal that Tampa scored, which gave them the lead, I believe it was Barclay Goudreau who scored that goal. It was a, you could say it's a fluke goal or it was a goal that should be stopped nine out of 10 times. Nedeljkovic makes that save. As much as you'd like to say that, you feel more comfortable in the in the series with Vasilevsky as much as like he has struggled in the past or he has struggled in the playoffs that you feel more comfortable with those extra shots uh those extra like difficult shots on this maybe but I think and yes so I do I give them a margin of error because of Vasilevsky but I still think it's heavily the offense the way the offenses are playing against the opposing defenses favors Carolina heavy enough that I think it will overcome Vasilevsky. Granted, it comes down to this game three. If they still can't manage to score in this game three, I believe it's over. Um, maybe they pull out a game four win, but honestly, that that's where it comes down to. Um, and I don't know. You mentioned you think it's going to be a high, much more high. They're going to be more high scoring games. I mean, and I think are, both teams are going to make those adjustments. I think it's hard to, it's hard to see them like, especially with the skaters they have where they can kind of, they're not reliant on one style of play or kind of one thing offensively. They're both going to make those adjustments. You said like six, four, six, five games or five, four, five, three games. I don't see that. Um, I see the highest scoring game. We get maybe four, three. Um, I, I don't, I don't see it being super high scoring affairs. Like if we get a five, three game, I think it's, you know, a empty net game, but in conceptually it's a four, three game. I, I think maybe we'd get one, but I think really what these next couple games are going to look like are actually going to be three, two games. Um, kind, kind of. Well, I mean, the question also was once it, once a team, once a, once a defense or a goaltending, a goal, a goalie particularly bends, he breaks whichever one it could be. And then you could kind of see a team run up the score when they like smell the blood in the water, which I think see, both see, these I think, teams are very good at doing. I think that's Vasilevsky's issue. Honestly, it's Vasilevsky's well, I mean, I really I say that per se, just because Ndelkovic also is a young goalie who. No, uh, who yeah. I'm not saying that. he doesn't have that ability, but I'm saying historically we have more data on Vasilevsky. So that's why I talk about it. Vasilevsky, if he does start giving up a couple goals, you see his losses, high scoring losses, uh, oftentimes, not just this playoffs, but in general, when he loses, it appears as if he's losing bad 
a lot of the time. And so, but I don't think that's going to happen. I have more faith that he will continue to play like himself. Um, I, but I just think eventually, I do believe the ice will tilt Carolina's way. So I have it like a six or seven games, but we should move on. Yeah, we um, we spent a lot of time on this. Uh, so let's move on to the Bruins and Islanders. And so it's 1-1 right now. The Islanders won mm-hmm. game two. Um, and now they're going back to, to the Islanders' home. So they stole a game in Boston. Um, I think that matters. Obviously, we talk about home games, whatever. I think that matters. Yeah. Um, and... I think very heavily for New New York that matters because all year, all year and the playoffs, they have been much better on home ice. Yeah. Their numbers, their whatever, they have been much better on home ice. And so then you, you do have, you have the Boston top line, you know, Pastanar, Bergeron, and Marchand. Um, Marchand. So, you know... I think that I honestly don't know how I see this series going. I could see it going either way. I think um, this one might be the lesser predictable. I mean, not really, but it's 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 one of the harder ones to predict, I would say. So I, I see here's the thing. I see it the worst case scenario for New York, them coming out going to into game five tied two two. Um I think you don't see. I, yeah, it's hard seeing Boston winning two games. I, That's I, what I, think I, I don't see Boston taking two games in New York. Honestly, I see this series going to Game Five, three one Islanders. Um, I see the Islanders winning. I see the Islanders winning both games at home, close and tight games. Because um, as of now, I see them splitting. I think this favors the Islanders. I don't see Boston winning two games but I do see the Islanders splitting the next two games with the Bruins. I think that I would, I would see. Uh, see I, I, I don't not see it. As I said, this is a very hard yeah. series for me to, but if I were betting on it, I would bet on them winning games three and four. Um, if I were betting a couple games down the line, I would bet games three and four. Um, I, I would think they'd win. Um, I do think they have the upper hand there. And so then you get into the issue of they need to win one game and they have one game at home. And so I think it might come down to game six, them winning at home. Now, if they split, I see it as a much harder series for them to come out on top. They'll have to steal another one in Boston. And I think that's going to be hard on them uh, stealing another game in Boston, but all year, even when they had Anders Lee, they had trouble scoring high numbers. And in the playoffs, they just haven't had that issue overall. It's by actually and large, interesting. By and large, they've scored in, in the playoffs. And so that gives me more faith in them even more so at home because their defense has been much better at home. Their defense is good regardless, but even better at home. And now with the, the ability they've shown to score during the playoffs – um, I think those home games swing the Islanders way. It's actually interesting you mentioned scoring because ironically, their top line only has two goals in the postseason thus far in the playoffs this far. They they're a team it's very interesting because they're a team that is kind of been but they followed don't, a lot. they don't really have 
a top line per se, you, you know, well, I mean, it is Matt Barzell, Jordan Eberle, and usually Anders Lee, but now that yeah. he's hurt, they kind of rotate someone in and out. Yeah. And so line. it hasn't, so it's not like you don't talk about it in the same breath as you talk about other top lines. You don't talk about it in the same way you would talk about Boston's top line or Edmonton. But I mean, when the Edmonton irony is, is, or is that they're top, like Matt Barzell and Jordan Eberle combined for, uh, 32 goals, I believe, this season, or 33 goals this season, and Barzell hasn't scored this entire play, the entire playoffs, and the ir- irony, yeah, he has not scored a goal yet, and the irony is that their back end struggled during the course of the season. They've failed to find scoring depth, and now you're looking at all three of those other lines finding ways to score in these games. Kyle Palmieri, who only scored two goals in the regular season, has scored for for the Islanders. For the Islanders, after the trade deadline. I mean, in those in those few weeks that he's there, compared to just finding the back of that constantly for the Islanders, I believe he's the second leading scorer on the team. It it's an interesting my take. My takeaway so far in this series is that the Islanders aren't the better team, but like the Penguins series, they match up very well with Boston. And I think they're especially their defense. They're 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 three deep pairings. They know how to take away good, they know how to take away goals, they could take away goal scoring, especially they they did a better job of that in the second game when they're able to limit Posternock and Brad Marsh and only Patrice Bergeron, I think, scored twice. In, no, Marchand scored the uh, the game tying goal, the five, the four four. I think it was four four or three four. Uh, it was the game tying goal that he scored, but and Bergeron scored also. But the Pasternak did not get that at trick, which I guess you could say is an improvement. But they've limited the Bruins offensively, and this is that's what I think this series is. In the two games, we've learned that is that. So here's my thing. That top line has been scoring for Boston in this series so far in the first two games. They, well, they, Pasternak had the hat trick and, uh, and then Mar- they, uh, got Marsh- these two goals from yeah. Marchand and Bergeron. Bergeron. And so they've been scoring. And so I don't see that as like, oh, it's an issue that, okay, we're going to see them score. Like in the Washington series, you saw them eventually start scoring. And I don't see that here. You, you have them, you have them scoring. Yeah, they didn't all score in the first game. Whatever, they've all scored within the first two games. I mean, the, the top line has been effect- effective. Has been I think effective. it's been limited though. Throughout, when you watch like an entirety of of these games, you look at a lot of like the top line has been off rhythm. Ironically, I think the two goals that the top, many of those goals that top line is scoring is on the power play. Is when they can get those open opportunities and those like more clear shots. I think you're seeing a few more of the those opportunities uh there is interesting because their their back end also i mean their back end hasn't really found the same that same scoring that they did against the capitals i think but i think what's what's happened so far is we've seen the islanders match up well with the bruins i think off the the, the islanders offense really should be eliminated more by the bruins defense and by tukarask but game game two got away uh, game one, actually, they it was a 5-2 blowout where it was like the offensive tapless. Yeah, 4-2 in an empty netter. But yes, it yeah. was it, it was closer, but I didn't I didn't see it as something where it was like a, a, a fruitless game. Kind well, of I mean, it's interesting because the Islanders offense 
in that game real and also in the in the recent game their x factor has been their def, their defenseman getting shots on net where i think noah dobson got the, the the assist on the first goal in the first game but it was redirected by anthony bovillier so bovillier gets the goal there uh, and and the second goal was Adam Pellick shooting on it in the game two. Nick Letty shot the uh, shot a puck off the boards, which was recollected by Kyle Palmieri. He tipped it in. So in that, so the the, the play from the point has been their X factor in this series. Uh, and the question is whether that continues or not is is something I I don't I, I can't really predict. What I guess so, like so my thing is so like. Pajot, Bavillier, and Nelson, essentially, and Paul Mary scoring-wise, have been playing really well. Uh, Pajot has only, hasn't scored as much, but he has seven assists. Bavillier has four goals and five assists, and Nelson has three goals and four assists. And so those got, yeah. couple guys have been playing very, very well, and Kyle Palmieri then has been playing very well scoring. Uh, he's been getting those goals. Um yeah. And so, yeah, you don't see as much of that top line, but I do believe, I honestly, I see this series ending up the Islanders. Honestly, before the series started, I was thinking it would probably be seven games um, Boston win. I, I thought it would be, I essentially saw it being a home and away games. I, I, I saw, I saw, games one two five and seven going to boston and three four and and six going to the islanders and the islanders stealing that game like i really expected them to be down two games going home and i thought they'd win those two games and them stealing that game for me i think from here on out it's their series to lose almost they have to they have to fail at home is is my thought process they they if they play their game they're they going to win at home, at home. you said it's a failure i guess yes uh because okay. I, I i see if they play their game they don't lose at home um it, it is what i is where i see it if they play their defensive game the way they play it i don't see them losing at home this series and so i see them winning it by game set by game six maybe you see a game six where they lose at home and you go to a game seven, but these games three and four, I don't, if, unless they mess it up. Um, and I very usually don't like saying this, but I, I, I think that unless they make the mistake, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be the games three and four are going to be theirs to lose. So I, I would I, I I hear I hear that they can win both of these games. I, I the way I see this series playing out ultimately is I see I see Boston in the next two games uh stealing one of these games as much as they uh as this the Islanders series now it's in their control they could win the next two at home is this it's really interesting because there's a few things that that stand out where it's like yeah Boston can win this series aside from their top line is I'm curious to see how they're, how they're, how the depth plays down the stretch, because you do see, you do see um, uh, instances where Nick Ritchie gets in front of the net and finds a, and finds a redirects a puck on that or can, uh, can get a, can get a goal throughout the regular season. You've seen this and this, 
in this series, it's going to be important. Charlie Coyle caught Nick Letty lapping, na- napping in, uh, in game two. I think, I think the depth is going to be interesting this game. I also think the defense of the Bruins is an interesting case in this game, be, in this series, because they're best at playing the speed game, eliminate, eliminating rushes and creating offense the other way. I think, I think in this, I think it's interesting because in this series, what's, what's going to help them is their defense just uh, playing better than they did in those two games. So do you see it going to six or seven games? I know you think Boston's winning it, but do you see it a six or seven game thing? I think Boston in seven. I think they're going to steal a game in, in a game between so game three think, and four. They're going to steal a game and, and then, then they're going to they're go gonna, and then game five, they win. And then you'd say game games, seven. Okay. Game six. They lose. I could see that. Um, yeah. I, I personally, where I see it is I see them winning the two at home and then maybe losing game six more likely um, because I think I think it'll be hard e- easier for them to lose the single game at home as opposed to the double games at home. Um, it, it, if that makes sense, I, it's just the way I'm thinking that they're you know flying from Boston in, and then they're like, okay, we got we're essentially would have a quicker turnaround. And I think them knowing now that they're going home and going to be there for at least almost a week, essentially. Um, Cause I do believe they get a two day break um, in one between one of these games here. Well, they're playing game three on Thursday night instead of Wednesday night. Yeah. So yeah. So they've, so they, which honestly is normally what the NHL playoffs are like. And the first round was odd in that every single series, every game was every yeah. other night, um, which I think affected things, but no, so because usually when you go home for those games three and four, you yeah. have a longer break. And so I believe that what that's going to give them is that's going to give them, okay, we've been home or with our families for a couple of days or whatever, you know, kind of thing. And I think it's because they're home for a longer stretch, it'll be harder for them to win, to lose that than lose the single game where they're in town, play out of town kind of thing. So if it goes to seven, I see them winning these two and then losing five, six, um, which Boston definitely has the capability to do, which is why I'm saying in seven, which is why I think Islanders in seven, but I think think it is possible to win it in six for them. I think the Bruins, it's very interesting because I think the Bruins can win this series in six if they win game four and then win game five. And very similar to when they played Columbus a few years ago, where Columbus stole a game on the road and then Columbus won game three. But then game four, they got completely uh, destroyed in. And then game five, they lost. And then it was all the air was taken out of the building for game six. And they lost that. I don't see that happening. I, but, I don't. That, but, that was my thing. I think if they, I think if the Islanders do lose one of these games, three or four, yeah. you're, like you're saying, splitting. I think it'd be game three. Um, and so then they would have the opportunity to take that game four and they'd be tied to two as opposed to a, they lose, they win back-to-back games, game two and three, and then lose games four and could go to five. So, which if that is the scenario that happens, I could see it going that way and them losing in six, but I see them winning the Islanders winning in seven, possibly six, given that game six is at home. 
I mean, yeah, I also, I think, I think a few, I mean, on the ice per for, for very specifically on the ice, I think what gives the, what's going to be interesting for the Bruins, what's going to help them is one is unlike the Penguins who kind of took advantage of odd man rushes, the Bruins are more of an offense in the offensive zone, establishing a goal scoring presence, uh, whether it be Pashtunak making a play on a, on a defenseman or Brad Marchand sliding around someone. Uh, it's, it's really, and then Charlie McAvoy from the point who I've been a fan of, I'm a big fan of Charlie McAvoy. Uh, he's, he's, he's actually played really well in this, in this series uh, as well as the defense from the offensive point. I think the that's first, the first part is offensive zone presence just because they haven't really, they didn't establish that in game two where I think they generally, they generally can establish a strong offensive scoring presence uh, with the puck in the zone. Uh, that's one thing that I think is going to help them in one of these next two games and then throughout the series. And then just on the back end, they're going to, they're going to improve rapidly. You really, you've really only seen, I mean, Taylor Hall got that empty net goal, so We're not going to, you can't really count it, but otherwise uh, they haven't really found that, that, that pres that presence of the second and third line, which has played significantly better since getting Taylor Hall, I think that is going to overwhelm the Islanders' defense and whoever's in net for the Islanders. So I think in the end, Island uh, Bruins in seven is for what I would say. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I I I honestly I think Islanders in six, Boston in seven, <laughs> almost is my thought process. If it yeah, if it ends up going to that game seven, I see Boston winning it. I don't see Boston losing game seven at home. I don't. I I don't see Boston losing game seven yeah. at home. It doesn't I, need to be Toronto. They do get yeah. win game seven. <laughs> they they would win game seven at home. And so yeah. that's my thing. I think it's if the Islanders are gonna win, they're gonna do it in six. I um mean, this is the Bruins team that looking at how they've played. For, I mean, this is just like the note. They're the team I have making the cup based on how they've played. They're in my, they've been in my final four before the playoffs start. And they're the team I have making it to the cup. We're going to push ahead there. That's the, that's how well they've played. And it's kind of hard so, to see them slipping up. So I guess. So, all right. So on, I guess. moving on to the final series. And yeah. I think this one is the one that's going to be a bit of the hardest to talk about. Um, because I think there were a lot of factors that contributed to a game one seven yeah, one. It was score. a very misleading game one. Yeah. I think you would so agree. I think so. I'll give you my perspective on it. First is, I think first of all, goaltending. Robert Leonard was in net, and I don't think he compares to Flurry, especially how Flurry's been playing this year. So I think that knocks off a couple goals. Then there's the other big factor. Rest. They. Vegas ended up having to go to a long, hard fought series and Colorado has been sitting there twiddling their thumbs. And it's kind so, of interesting because we talked about the Jets uh, Canadian series, like right, yeah. uh, we could see a game one potentially like that. So, so I think those two factors really combined to hurt Vegas. Yeah. Um, so I could see them and it's in Colorado. Colorado's got the home ice. So it's not horribly unimaginable to think Colorado would win in Colorado. You know, they're a very good team. And so I think you could maybe see them losing a game two also, Vegas. Um, but then they get a couple days more rest going into game three. And so my perspective on it is 
I don't, I've heard some takes and I've seen some articles over the last whatever since that game being, oh my God, Colorado is so much better than everyone else. They're going to sweep to the cop. I, I literally, was, I, I was like, I no, thought, don't say, don't say I, that. Now, like I've been saying this since the playoff started, but like, don't, don't like jump on and just add to this. Like it, it's, it's one of those things I, that like, when you're I the president's see. trophy winner, they're like, oh, is this going to be the president's trophy winner now? It's like, well, now that you said that, no. But I mean, <laughs> but I yeah, don't... like I literally saw someone say they're going to sweep to the cup. Someone literally said they will not lose a game like in the playoffs. 16, 16 and 0. Or whatever it is. And I'm like, it's and this was not like a small article. I'm like, that's not happening. <laughs> the winner of this series, ironically, uh, interestingly, plays the Jets hat Canadian series because of the records. I believe the worst, the worser of the two records, the Jets have a worse record than any team left in the field. I mean, besides for the Canadians. So they play Vegas yeah. has the second best record. It's kind of interesting because Vegas had the second best record. They lose seven one and all of a sudden get discredited. Yeah. As like and a every, team. Yeah. And so that's my thing. I think this is gonna be a long, fun series. But it I also hundred percent. But, but I also think these are the kinds of teams that have these games. Like yeah. I could see game. I said, I do think Colorado will win game two, but I could see, let's say game three in Vegas being five, one, the other way. Like that's the kind of series I envision almost is the, is these monumental swings from game to game almost. Um, I think later on, by the time you get to game five, six or seven, they will even out more and there'll be closer games. But I think these first four games are going to be all over the map. And so I am not putting a huge amount of stock into this because I thought Colorado would win. I, I think I predicted it myself, not on air or whatever thing, but I predicted, I think a three, one, three, one or four, one. It was a three, one game with an empty net four, one goal. Uh, oh, okay. is the way is the way I predicted the, this that first game going then mm-hmm. I heard Rob Leonard was going to be playing goalie so and I didn't change it but that was my thought process was after coming out of a long hard series against Minnesota who I just want to give props to I think they'll be fun for years to come but yeah so so I think I think I don't want to take this game super seriously, but there were things that were seen that might translate a little bit. Nathan McKinnon had a phenomenal game. What do you have? I mean, Did he have two McKinnon. or three goals? Did he have I think two he, he had two goals. Everyone on the top line, it was Nathan McKinnon, Mika Ranton, and Gabriel Landis, Landiscock had two goals apiece, all three of them. So I, actually one of them might've had one goal. But uh, they had five goals from that top line, and that top line is phenomenal. I don't kind of it's, – it's very interesting because for me to make that pick, I don't want to say the top line is what's going to carry them because I don't think it will. I think it will help. It's one of those situations where when we talked about Tampa, uh, Toronto, where we said a top line doesn't win you a series, but it certainly makes the job easier, and I think that does – that like so i don't colorado i think it can win you a series i don't think it can carry you in a series i think there's a distinction there's a difference carrying you is it's all on your top line well i think it pushes you over the top yeah it pushes you over the the top is the way i see it a great top line wins you the series in a close series yeah but it's not going to carry you through the playoffs and so also another point on game one was power plays um it was well, yeah colorado scored two out of five on their power plays and 
And they also they, had the uh, like ten minute major or something like that at the end yeah, of the game, so they were just on yeah, the power play. Yeah, so there were there were a bunch of there are a bunch of details there, um, in in that game that I think contributed to such a high number. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the games will not necessarily be closer, but I do think they'll flip flop a little bit till you get to that game four, game five, where teams start to even out a little bit, um, and I think. Vegas will get their legs back by game three, kind of, you know, because I mean, then it's also, it's also interesting because game game two is a Wednesday night, I believe. Game seven was Friday, so by resting Flurry, they're giving him those extra five days off. Yeah, to play game two. Um, which is good. Do we know? Have they said they're playing Flurry game two? I would think consciously they should. But I, I don't mean, think we've heard anything concrete. But you can't really say they're going to go with Leonard again, right? I hope the, I hope announcing that he was a Vesna Trophy finalist on Tuesday makes your decision easier for Wednesday. I think <laughs> I, hope, I like I, I really I, I you don't if, if you're Pete DeBoer and you start robbing Leonard two games in a two row two games in a row after a seven one defeat. People are going to yeah. be pissed. There he, will be. <laughs> you might fire him after game two. You might as well. I think. I think. I think. Like, yeah, Flurry starting this game. He's going to have a much a, a great game. In He'll that, be a I think. relatively well rested game because goalies yeah. goalies don't generally get huge amounts of rest. He'll have been had a I, decent amount of rest. But I still I like, do see Colorado winning game two. I just think it'll be a closer game, and I see Vegas yeah. winning a game three. And then maybe recalibrate after that. I'll have to see how those games go. But I mean, this early I'm series. To see the series playing out. Also, I I see seven games Vegas is the way Vegas. I see it. I I mean, I'm looking ahead, and it's kind of interesting because, like, is I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm disregarding game one. Entering the series, I pick Colorado in six, and I'm gonna kind of stay with Colorado in six. I think. Do you the think game- they're gonna steal a game? In Vegas, who I think that's yeah. like stealing a game I mean, in the Superdome. Well, I mean, I, I think the that's, Wild did it twice. I think that's they did. very important. They did. So I think I think interesting is it's not not the same blueprint because the Wild game one put on a defensive showcase. Cam Talbot also played exceptionally. I, I yeah, Philip he played Grubauer's great good, in that series. Philip Grubauer is a good goaltender, but he I don't think he'll he's not be proven. He's not proven to be able to carry in a playoff like 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 yeah. a like a shutdown in a playoff. He's a good goalie, but he's got his flaws, and we have I yet mean, to see him much in the playoffs because he's been hurt a couple times in the playoffs. Not this year, but I'm saying in past years. Yeah. And so how he steps up in a series that matters because they played the Blues and. It is interesting. He is also the, one of the other Vesna Trophy uh, finalists. I think. I think with this series, I, I don't want to say it's the top. I don't think it's going to be the top line that decides it for Colorado. I think a few things help help the uh, the Avalanche where Vegas doesn't have it on the ice. I think the first thing is every line having the ability to they because Colorado has hard to deny they have the best offense in the NHL. And aside from the top line, overwhelming teams, they have players on the back end who can kind of, whether it be JT Comper or, uh, oh, what's his name? I, uh, well, I, 
well, they had Kadri, but he's out for eight games because of a suspension. That's going to yeah, actually so he hurt. Will, he will be yep. out for this series. And I think that's another aspect that goes. It's going to be my... interesting because Ryan Reeves is out for two games, two I believe. Games. And, well, and one more. He's out for one more game. His I think just... it was a two game suspension. Doesn't that, that includes the next game and then the game after that, I believe. Did it? Ha- was it something that happened in game one? Yeah, it was in oh, game okay, one. Okay, I so, thought it was a suspension. Yeah, from uh, from the Minnesota series. Sorry. Yeah, the other interesting thing in the series is that I think Vegas's defense is also three deep pairings. It's a very good defense. Not a lot of people give it credit for how good it, they have played defensively with Alec Martinez, Shea Theodore, Alex Petrangelo. The difference Colorado's defense is the scoring the scoring element of their defense. They whether it be everyone knows about Kale McCarr. But Devontae, Samuel Gerard, uh, you have they're gonna play, they're not gonna play as well on the defensive end of the ice against Vegas in this series. I think Mask Max Pacioretty, who's been kind of he's been hurt a little bit, and he's also kind of been inconsistent when he has played. He's gonna step up in this series. Mark Stone is gonna step up, Alex Tuck is gonna step up, they're all gonna play better, and they're gonna overwhelm Colorado in a few games, especially on the defensive end of the ice. But on the offensive ends of the ice, you're going to see Colorado from the point and from and just overall, whether K- with Kale McCarr playing with Samuel Gerard and Devon Taves, they're going to get those that add that extra element to that offense. It's just going to be overwhelming in a series like this, especially against a goaltender like Flurry, where you need to get some of those some of those plays, some of those goals where you wouldn't expect them to be. Uh, that's where I see the series playing out. And I think they're going to steal. I think they're going to steal, whether it be game four or game three. Uh, also, one of those games there. And then they're going to. And gonna, then you think they're also. You think they're going to take no, two wait. games? You think they're wait, taking did, two games? I did I did the math wrong. They're going to They're gonna win game five. They're going to win. I think games two and five, they would, they're going to win. Yes. And I, then I agree six, with you there. And then I think game six is where uh, Vegas gets stunned and then they, they lose that game. I think game. If they're in a game six, they're going to play. It's that's the game. If there is a game to go to overtime, that's the game I think that would go to overtime. And both teams start getting taught, worn down as the period, as the first period goes on. And if it goes to a second period, the second period goes on. And finally, you see one of those shots on net uh, from whether it be the first line or the second line for Colorado, just goes in the back of that, and then they just win the series. And see, so here's my thing: is I see seven almost. I see, I see, I see Colorado winning one, two, and five, and not winning again. Um, I, I I see it going being two, two going to game five. Colorado wins. I see it uh, three, two. Colorado, Vegas, Vegas wins, and I think. In a game seven, to me, what it comes down to is the Grubauer Flurry thing. I trust Flurry more overall, but not that. I think, especially, I trust him to make the miracle play that you see sometimes flip game sevens more than I do Grubauer. I think game it, seven, it, then it's a one game scenario. I think what overall the series is coming down to, I mean, Besides for the overall roster output, is those few extra those extra elements that Colorado possesses where Vegas doesn't have them. Vegas is a complete team. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I think there's those few aspects in call uh, that the Avalanche possess that are going to give them that edge. And then 
can they're going to continue to pile not pile on the wins but they're going to keep um keep keep control of the series i think is a good way of saying it whether they lose the next two in vegas but then like have that two two tie and then win game five put the pressure on game six i think overall they're gonna still feel in control in the series because of those extra elements that they maybe i i i think the mountain that is flurry is going to be the difference in this series is, is honestly where I see this coming down to. And part of that, it might be an issue because they didn't have him game one. And that might be the issue that ends up losing them the whatever, but I don't think it was that big of a deal because I didn't see them winning either anyway. And I think giving flurry the extra day or two of rest actually, you know, could help, um, you know, could help. Cause even though he's been playing great, he is older. So these extra games, well, depends who you believe there are two different theories that if you're an older guy the more consistent you play the hot, the warmer your body stays essentially almost so it doesn't cool off and you know oh you're an old man kind of thing um but it's kind of interesting because all these stuff about well other people think oh you get the rest you come back refreshed i don't know so i'm just thinking about all thing. this talk about flurry with goaltending and then just transferring it right over to carry price with the other series but like i can't I can't see, like... but I think the gap here is bigger than the gap there. Um, I think the Hellybuck price gap is closer than the Grubauer flurry gap. Um, overall, uh, I think flurry overall is a better goaltender and he's better in those um, saves above average. Almost. It's not actually talking about the stat, but in my head mm-hmm. way to verbalize that is, uh, he makes more saves he shouldn't than Grubauer does, is, is essentially what I say. Grubauer makes the saves he should. Flurry makes the saves he should. They both make more saves than they should. I just think Flurry makes even more of them. Um, I mean, I think if, if Vegas is going to win this series, I think it's going to come down to Flurry and that. And then. I mean, their defense is going to also have to carry their weight, but what's going to, and then, but then the part that I question is how they're going to be able to pile on the goals or how they're going to be able to see. That's my thing. I don't think they'll necessarily need eight goals. You know, I don't really see any. I was, I was saying four in a game, I would think. And I definitely think they have that ability. Um, I, I don't see them not having the ability almost. Um, I definitely see them with the ability to have to score three or four in a game. And I don't see flurry giving up three or four in a game enough times for Colorado to win the series. You know, well, I mean, he did. I would say that I would he, say that, but against the way Colorado has played, I mean, I'm not even going to include the top line in this, in this point is the way they've played all overall offensively. It's hard to say, it's hard to say even with flurry in that, it's hard to say that Colorado is going to be eliminated then for that many games. I I don't say it's eliminated. I limited at least. No, see, I think it'll be three goal game, like four, three games. A lot of these almost Um, on average, if you average out the goal totals, maybe excluding seven, one, I think they'll average out to about three, four and they'll flip back and forth a little bit. I see when they go one place or the other and, um, I think Flurry can definitely hold Colorado to three goal, three or four goals a game. And I can definitely see Vegas scoring 
three to four goals a game um, against Grubauer. So especially once you get to game three. Um, and so I do, I do, I, I personally, I see them winning in seven. I think the game they steal in Colorado will not be till game. Like, I don't see them going 0-2 to 4-2. I don't see them winning game five. Um, mm-hmm. But I do see them winning a game seven. I think Flurry in a game seven, give me him every, every day of the week. Flurry in a game seven. I mean, if it comes down to that, yeah. I think like if it came down to a game seven, who would you pick? Between Flurry and uh Grubauer, I would pick Flurry, but I mean I think as it's a team in a game seven, who are you taking? Well, I mean, I, I think Colorado's the better team, and that's the part where I think it's hard to bet. I think what's I think also um well, the more I think about it, there's some other parts of Vegas that's gonna have to step up. I, I think they're going to need a better scoring presence from their defensemen which i i have this knack for defensemen where you don't want to pay for a scoring defenseman they often are liabilities but when it comes to the playoffs they end up being those x factors that help teams win playoff series and eventually cut even a cup and i think it's interesting because i don't see alec martinez being that he's a pure defensive defenseman shay theodore could maybe be that uh for vegas Alex Petrangelo hasn't has been hurt a lot, but I think he can be he he has to be that guy for them. Uh, and then after see, that, I I don't see the need for that. Uh, I, obviously, it'll help. Um, but like I don't, yeah, and I think they'll get their goals when they come. But I don't think they need like a lot of goals from their defense. Um, I think well, they need, depth, they need those they need those opportunities. I think yeah I think they need. I think their depth is personally, I believe their offensive depth is better than Colorado's offensive depth. Um, And so, and so I, I think Colorado's top is hot, is better than Vegas. Their top top. line is their top line might be the best in the NHL. So, but what I mean is I think their peak performance is better than better than vegas but i think vegas throughout the four lines that's why i'm not i'm trying not to fall into the uh, into the the trap take of saying that top line when you have mckinnon landis cog and rantanen on the ice with kale mccarr and devon taves nobody can stop that because that it's much easier to stop one line than four consistent lines it it just simply is and i think as much as like i like to say that it's not it's not just it's not just going to come down to that and i i think you look at colorado's back end scoring has been great this whole season as well it has and th- but so has vague like that's and my then, thing and then what puts what i think puts colorado over the top is their play from their defensemen in these in these games where they can kind of create chaotic situations from that and it kind of can add that extra dimension and that's where i think that's that's another edge that i think you give to colorado in a series like this uh so you're calling it for colorado in six yeah, I, I'm Colorado in six is, is what I what I what I would say, and I'm calling it Vegas in seven. Yeah, and I think we've disagreed on three out of the four. I think the only one I think we've this on yes, yeah, I think this round we've disagreed on three out of four because I have well, 
Honestly, I only picked three teams. I didn't really pick a team in the Canes Lightning series. Um, it, I mean, you, like, did, you did pick the Canes, I think, ultimately. I. So let me, one quick note. Because I picked the Islanders, you picked the Bruins. Um, we both picked... Uh, we both picked the Jets, I think, right? Yes. Okay, and I picked Vegas, you picked Colorado. So my thing is... I wish the what I would want to say is I wish game three of Carolina was the game that happened tonight and not whatever. Cause that's, that's really the thing for me. Cause I don't see them winning if they go down three, nothing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and pick Carolina, even though I know odds are not in my favor, given they're down two Oh and I mean, going could, to Tampa Bay. You could bet all them now and you get like great odds. actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, because they lost the two games and now they're going to Tampa. Um, but no, so I yeah, I think we, we disagreed on everyone but the Jets. And yeah. I I don't know this is next round, but assuming the Jets win, well, rather, whoever wins the Jets series is losing in the next round. I mean, that's, a, that's the safer uh, prediction. I think, but, yeah, I... I agree. But My... We have to say these teams haven't played each other at all this year, so we have no idea how it's going to go. Those next rounds, the 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 semifinals, are going to be insane. I mean, it's going to also be interesting. Like, if if the uh, I mean, if the you have Hurricanes versus the Islanders, but regardless, these matchups are all going to just be great to watch and see and they're going to be crazy they're going to be crazy because they've not played against each other at all like in a normal year you play every team you'd play in the playoffs except for the stanley cup at least three times and that's just not the case this year and so that's been the whole big question mark for me is what the heck is going to happen next round but well, no I mean- <laughs> the unpredictability, I guess you'd it's, say. Yeah, that's the thing. It's going to be very unpredictable, very hard to predict because we just don't know how they faced each other. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess that's my last note essentially is we're going to see how this round turns out. Last round did not turn out well for me, prediction wise. How, how, how did how well did you how well did you go? Um, I I did get the Islanders pick. Um, because okay. you picked. We essentially two four seeds won, and we each picked to the opposite one. Yeah. I said the Islanders were the team that's going to get that four seed win. You said it was the Canadians, and they both did. Um, I missed the Boston one. Um, uh, I got the uh, – no, neither of us got the Jets one just because yeah. we both – Three out of the four of my final four are still in, and the one that's not is the Oilers. So, yeah. so, so that's my thing, though. My final – my two, my, th- my top four is still mm-hmm. there. Um, my top four is still there, but it just happened weirdly. Um, no, so because I had Colorado, I had Vegas, I had the Islanders, I had I'm blinking on the other series. Um, I had, I did have the Maple Leafs. I think I went, I think I went four for eight. Um, okay. it, it wasn't great. It was three or four for eight. It wasn't great. You had Tampa? No, I had Florida. I don't remember. Uh, I think I might have anyway, picked Florida. But either way, it's I, I do guess we'll, th- 
I have more confidence in this round though, except for that Carolina pick. Uh, the reason I'm the reason I'm calling it is because Carolina is my number two team. If I were to rank them from the one to f- from one to five prior to the playoffs, I had them as number two to Vegas. So I, I'm sticking by that essentially because I don't know what's going to happen. And it's been a weird first two games. I don't think we either of us expected two one games in the first two games for that series, mm-hmm. especially looking that way. And so I'm just going to stick with my initial feeling going into the playoffs of uh, of Carolina. Um, but pulling out the series. Yeah. So, so the I others, I think I'm, I think I'll do well this round, but we'll see. All right. So I guess that's really all the time we have for this week. Uh, 